This Tailgate Society podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Deadeye Premium Barbecue Products. Born in Iowa and made in the heartland, Deadeye is your go-to source for everything barbecue. Sauces, seasonings, you name it. They've made a science out of great grilling flavor. It's more than a sauce. Whether you're cooking sliders, dogs, steak, or chicken, Deadeye has the explosive flavor needed to make every dish delicious. Try a splash of their sweet and smoky original recipe or turn up the heat with their Magnum Edition barbecue sauce. Both flavors are available in seasonings as well as sauces. So pick your favorite and prepare your taste buds for an unforgettable eating experience. Deadeye Premium Barbecue products are available at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, or at DeadeyeBBQ.com. Welcome back to Sports and Corks. My name is Emily. And I'm also Emily. And we are going to start off with sports. Um, Finally. It's been a really good week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are back in such a good space in life. Um, not every league, but like the leagues we're going to tell you about, they're in pretty good spaces, starting with everyone's favorite basketball. I say it's everyone's favorite because I'm assuming you are a basketball fan right now because that's what you got, bud. Um, the WNBA kicked off on Saturday and the storm takes the W over the Liberty, Sabrina Ionescu's debut game. And she did pretty well. I mean, obviously her team lost, but um, it was a pretty close game. It was a really fun game. The Storm won 87 to 71. And then the Sparks took down the Mercury and oh my goodness, in the third quarter. <laughs> I was watching it before when it was like close and then it really started getting out of hand. And I was like, I'm going to check back on in on this if it gets closer. And then I started watching after that the Mystics and Fever game and that was the same exact scenario. <laughs> I just don't know what happened in the third quarter. I was like, oh my God, they're just, they just keep scoring. The Sparks scored like 30 points and the Mercury scored eight. I'm like, oh. Can't do that and win a game. <laughs> <laughs> like, how are you going to play four quarters like this? Um, I mean, the Mercury tried to bounce back, but didn't um, as the Sparks won 99 to 76. Um, I did not see the Mystics game, but it was similar. You just said, yeah, like I watched the first half and then I can't remember at what point, like it really, you know, there was really a big differential in the score. But at one point I was like, all right, I'm going to, um, just hop off for now. But, um, I definitely, I, there were a couple of things about the WNBA games that I thought was interesting. Um, one, I don't know why in my mind, but I expected the refs for the WNBA and the NBA to wear, be wearing masks for some reason. Um, I, I don't really know why I thought that in hindsight. Um, but apparently they're, you know, I'm sure they're getting tested very frequently, like the players are and all that. Um, but mainly, I thought that the WNBA games had more of like a shoe squeaking effect in the broadcast than the NBA games. Um, it didn't seem like there was as much, uh, you know, pumped in music and crowd noise and that kind of thing. So I guess not crowd noise, but you know what I mean? Like music, sound effects, whatever. Uh, so I'm interested to see if they change that up at all going forward. I, obviously these initial games for both leagues are kind of like a, dress rehearsal in a way they're going to make adjustments um 
but I thought that was kind of interesting. A lot of shoe squeaking. Yeah. Yeah, it's very... So we watched, my roommate and I watched, like, the, uh, the end of the NWSL uh, championship game and the um, and the WNBA, and my roommate was like, oh, like, they play crowd noise for soccer, and then I, there wasn't as much watching the WNBA games, but you can definitely, like, hear things. It's just not as loud. Like, it just, you don't... I'm wondering why they chose to do that. And if they're going to change it, maybe for the NBA. Yeah, I don't know. We will, you know, as games progress, I think we'll we'll see if these changes are made or not. Oh, yeah. But anyways. Uh, anyways, uh, so the Chicago Sky barely took down the Las Vegas Aces. It was a close game. It was a nail biter. Oh, my goodness. Um, Chicago won 86, 88-86. And... Wow, it was such a good game. <laughs> um, and even like the the color commentary was like, oh, like neither of these teams are really making super sloppy mistakes. So like it's good to see that teams are returning after taking a an unexpected longer break from play and coming out and just doing pretty well. Um, and then the Lynx one against the sun uh 77 and 69 and then the dream beat the wings 105 to 95 and that what a high scoring game <laughs> truly yeah um so uh i guess good side of the whole pandemic is that uh WNBA games are a lot easier to watch um you know just turn on the tv and find your nationally televised game um yes so definitely check some of those out maybe we will have our friend raul on to discuss um the ratings for these games and how um you know it's showing that if so far it's it's like looking like with the wnba being given the platform that they have been given because of this you know they're seeing results in terms of exposure so um and people tuning in so um just an interesting case study there maybe we'll bring him on to discuss more crunch the numbers i'd be here for that and i like it's interesting to see like as we'll go on with the rest of um the just talking about the sports that have been happening and one the access if it's the team the league they're playing on like your public broadcast but also the marketing that the WNBA did having all these like really big athletes wearing the orange hoodies. That was an interesting thing to see this weekend, just all like so many different players and they were talking to different uh, NBA players. We saw athletes in different sports all supporting the WNBA. So like, I, I wonder what that will do moving them forward like it'll push the needle forward for sure with them being on public broadcasting so people have access to watching them but also seeing like oh other athletes support them which like everyone who likes basketball should be watching the WNBA yeah it's uh just more content for you to consume yes but NBA action also kicking off 
Yes. Um, so they're wrapping up the scrimmages. Um, those will be done, I'm sure, by the time this episode comes out. Um, seeding games begin this Saturday, and those will take place over the next two weeks. So how it's going to work, the seven teams in each conference that have the best record, so the regular season schedule and the seeding games, will have clinched a playoff spot. So the eighth seed could potentially come down to a plan tournament, depending on records. Um, if the team with the eighth best record in each conference is more than four games ahead of the team with the ninth best record in the same conference, uh, they will not do a plan tournament. But if the differential is four or less, then they will do a, a playing games. Um, so depending on how that shakes out with the eight seeds, um, the first round of playoffs right now are scheduled to begin on August 17th. Um, but if we don't need playing games for that eight seed on either side, then potentially that will be a little earlier. So that's kind of your basic rundown on what to expect in the next couple of weeks in terms of scheduling for the NBA. Just excited to have the NBA back. Yes. <laughs> oh, so excited. Uh, watching like the scrimmages and the clips like even so complete transparency my roommate who sometimes listens to this but probably won't listen to this episode so I can kind of be like my roommate doesn't watch sports very much but was like oh did you see that dunk from the or that yeah that dunk from the uh Nuggets player so like people are excited <laughs> even people who don't love sports are like did you see sports yeah uh, people are taking notice we love to see it and the scrimmages have been fun they definitely have um pretty starved for content so we've <laughs> definitely been checking those out um it's just nice to also have nba twitter back oh yes so many good so many good laughs um and yes. just you know great game footage um so very exciting. Do you want to provide us with an update on um, soccer? I would love nothing more <laughs> than to talk about the NWSL Challenge Cup championship game. Um, the Houston Dash won. I'm a Houston Dash fan now. Uh, I live in Texas. I feel like I should be a Houston Dash fan until Denver gets a women's team. Or Louisville, like... I'm kind of a fan that it's purple, that they're, everything's going to be like a light purple, a lilac, if you will. So I can be easily swayed because there are not a lot of teams and all of them deserve the support. So right now, the Houston Dash get the support for winning. Um, it was a good matchup between the Dash and Chicago. Both teams were like, they were pretty equally matched, but Chicago made stupid mistakes. Like, I rarely feel like I say that about teams when they're, like, equally yoked. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, it's like, oh, no, one just got unlucky. No, Chicago played stupid. Straight up, in the first five minutes, they get a penalty, and, like, Houston gets a goal off of it. Like, okay, you shouldn't have done, like, you knew not to grab that girl. Like, that, what? It, what crossed through your mind that you're like, oh, yes, I'm near my own goal in the box or the, in the 18. And I'm going to pull her down. No, no. You're like, what did I'm you the... expect to happen? <laughs> like, are you high? So 
that was their first mistake, but they had time to recover. They had the whole game ahead of them. But, as I said, equally yoked teams. So Houston put up a good fight, and they, I think, Chicago at one point had more shots on goal. But Houston was doing more. And then in the last, I mean, you get to the, it's close to the end of the match, and Chicago's panicking. And that is their second mistake, is they play panicked. Their keeper's playing too far out. Houston, all they need is to, like, knock the ball down there and have one of their forwards just, like, book it. And, yeah, that's, she's ready. She's ready to get down there and score, get around the keeper one-on-one. Like, if you are the forward coming down, like, you can get by the keeper if you give yourself enough space. And she did, and... Um, that was all she wrote, folks. I think it was like in the ninth <laughs> minute, and they had like a couple minutes of like you know Stop stoppage it. time added. But Chicago and Houston, both team like watching this match, I'm like, ah, this could easily become a just shootout. But no, Chicago made two big mistakes and they fumbled the bag. So very fun game to watch. It was exciting. It was good soccer, and I'm excited for the NWSL to come back. Um, I Until then, I have the MLS, so that's pretty exciting. They are working out the quarterfinal schedule. So um, if you are a big MLS fan or you just feel like you need to start watching more soccer because, dude, what else are you going to do when it comes to sports? You're going to alternate between the NBA, the WNBA, and the MLS until – the NHL comes into the picture. So on the 30th of July, the Philadelphia Union plays Sporting Kansas City. I'm liking Kansas City for this matchup. Okay. Um, then on the 31st, the Orlando City FC will play LAFC. LAFC has looked good. So I eh, so does Orlando City. Yeah, so it'll be it. a really they're, good match. They're both they've both been good recently, yeah. I feel like. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be a fun match to watch. And then on the 1st of August, which this will be out after some of these games. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Um, the, the podcast editor and producer just doesn't have it together. Um, so the, Earth, the San Jose Earthquakes will play the Columbus Crew or the Minnesota United. So Columbus Crew and Minnesota United are playing while we're talking right now um, on Tuesday night. And then also on August 1st, the NYFC will play the Portland Timbers or FC Cincinnati, who will also be determined tonight. I'm, if I had to just, you know, shot out of a cannon, it's going to be the Portland Timbers. And mm, I want to say the Columbus crew, Mm. but who knows? We'll find out later tonight and this podcast will come out and you all will learn that don't listen to me. You can just skip, just skip like 10 seconds and then you'll be perfect. I don't know. It's fine. What is 10 seconds of your day, you know? Yeah. Or you can just be like, wow, in the future when there's like more sports and I'm giving like my educated guess where I'm like, I think this team will win. You'll take it with a grain of salt before you start putting in your bets. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, You'll be like, oh, I can't bet on this. This game already happened. (laughs) Oh, that might be a good thing, isn't it? Then people Save who are like, money. oh, I'm waiting for it. Yeah, Save they'll people be like, some money. I couldn't bet because I didn't hear Emily's trash take yet. 
Um, do you want to start talking about the NHL? Who will be back? Yes. So um, the teams are in the bubbles. Um, yes. We have two bubbles. So both Canadian bubbles, um, Bublais, if you will. <laughs> and Tim Hortons. Yes. Um, so the two hub cities are Edmonton and Toronto. So the Western Conference is bubbled up in Edmonton and the Eastern Conference is in Toronto. Nice. Um, so exhibition games finish this Thursday and then the Stanley Cup qualifiers begin on Saturday. Um, the first round of the playoffs will start on August 11th. So um, the first round of the NHL and NBA playoffs will probably be a you know similar timeline, um, which is great. I love I just love having both on at the same time. Um, it's a great time. So uh, that's just kind of your basic NHL scheduling update for the next couple of weeks. Um, we have uh, a ton of information to share with you about NASCAR. So while we do not want you to skip through this because it'll probably be very entertaining, we understand if NASCAR is just not your thing. So you've been warned. Um, <laughs> one of our listeners, um, very nicely sent us a DM with a ton of NASCAR information for us to digest. Um, so we did not do this research just to clarify. Um, we are just sharing no. the information that he shared with us. So Levi hooked it up. Yes. Um, so don't think that you know, we put a ton of effort into this because he deserves the credit in all reality. Um, do you want to yes. start with uh, how practice works in NASCAR? Yes, I do. And I just really want to thank Levi Denny for <laughs> sending us all this information, listening to us struggle through the NASCAR updates. <laughs> wow, do we appreciate this. <laughs> um, so practice, this is how NASCAR practices work. So there will be none for the rest of the year. We talked about that last week. Um, previously, Drivers would go earlier in the week and run laps so they could make adjustments to their cars to allow them to go as fast as they can, as easily as they can without crashing into the concrete wall, going <laughs> as fast as they would be going, like, you know, their top speed. And then without having a practice, drivers would have to guess how the car will work on that track. Um, so, like, they're using information from previous years and then adjusting during the race as opposed to prior would you like to talk about qualifying? Sure. Um, there will be none this year, apparently. Um, there are the same general drivers every week. So qualifying for the race means um, in in this day and age, means that they did their practice laps, made their adjustments, and then did qualifying laps. Um, and the qualifying lap times were used to determine where a driver started the race. So we got some math for you here. If Kyle Busch goes 187.6 and Kevin Harvick goes 187.5, so just barely, Kevin is just barely slower, then Busch starts first and Harvick starts second. Um, every driver in the race does qualifying laps and the fastest starts the race up front and the slowest in the back. So I guess kind of like a staggered track situation. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so the point system, this is what you've all been waiting for. <laughs> Take oh it away. God. The points, the points that we didn't understand. So every race is divided into three stages. So three parts to the race. How exciting. This is a new learning experience for all of us. folks. <laughs> <laughs> Drivers get points at the end of each stage and at the end of the race. So 
winning a stage, whether it's the first or second stage, drivers will earn will earn 10 points the second if it's the the winner. The second place person gets nine points, the third place gets eight points, and so on until a driver earns one point um, for, like I said, both stage one and two of the race. At the end of the race, the driver's finishing position determines how many points they earn. Since 40 cars is the maximum for a race, if there are 40 cars on the field, if a driver wins, they get 40 points plus whatever points they earned in the first two stages. So... Wow. That was interesting. So if you like came in first place, both like one and two, the first two stages, and then you came in first for the last stage, you have 60 points. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. Interesting. So the stages in between stages is when they do the pit stop things. Ooh. Maybe. We will have to consult with our (laughs) experts here. We will circle back with some updates. (laughs) <laughs> like when the pit crew comes out and like rapid speed and like changes the tires or whatever they yeah. do. Okay. I'm guessing I that happens between the stages, but not, not totally sure. Um, that's something we can discuss further in a future um, episode. True. So playoffs, um, playoffs in NASCAR are weird because everyone else is still in the race, but they're just not part of the playoff. So they have to participate, but like they can't, win kind of um non-playoff drivers their goal is just get the money for winning and then promote their sponsors the top 16 drivers make the playoffs and they get points for the playoffs throughout the year by winning a stage or winning the race or winning the regular season title which is the driver with the most points from the points section (laughs) They get 15 points for that. Um, The second place driver in the regular season points gets 10 playoff points. Third place gets eight playoff points. Fourth place, seven points, etc. So a driver wins a race and they're basically automatically in the playoffs. Playoffs are four weeks long and a few drivers are eliminated every week until it's down to four drivers. Um, on the final race of the year, whoever finished the best of those four in the race wins the championship. So basically, like, winner takes all in that case. Um, oh, wait, maybe not. <laughs> um, in the final race, the driver doesn't have to win the race to win the championship. Okay, so forget okay. everything I just said. Um, just whoever has the best finishing in terms of the points, I'm assuming. Yeah, so say okay. you finish 20th, but the other person finishes 23rd, 28th, and 33rd, you win. Um, but that doesn't really happen. The good drivers are always near the top. So the final race of the year. Hmm. Okay, I, I think I'm, I'm not going to confuse people further by trying to reason with myself here. But um, that's your rundown. Um, my only update for NASCAR is that I learned that um, we're about done with the first half of the NASCAR Cup season. And I know this because I saw an article that said eight takeaways from the first half of the NASCAR Cup season. And that article came out um, on July 28th. So about halfway there, apparently. Amazing. Um, so there's your NASCAR <laughs> update. Um, just a, I guess one random sports thing that we wanted to share um, about Patrick Mahomes, if you want to take that away. 
I would love to. So Patrick Mahomes, 24 years old, just won the Super Bowl. And it's really crazy to think that that was the last major sporting event that we experienced this year. Uh, so he just, he's now a partial owner of the Kansas City Royals. 24 years old. He just made, he, his contract is for an obscene amount of money. He, and for 10 years. So homeboy is like taken care of. Imagine <laughs> being 35 years old and being like, I don't have to work. Like I own part of a team. I had a really dope contract for the last five years or last 10 years. Like he's living life. Um, and people, the internet, uh, you know, I, I get it. Some people only pay attention to football news and like, thank you listeners for not only paying attention to football news. Cause we have some other news. He is not the youngest owner <laughs> of a team. Uh, Fun fact, the youngest owner of any professional sports team is two years old. Her name is Olympia Ohania, and she is the youngest owner in his sports history to be a partial owner of the team that we spoke about last week, Angel City, the new NWSL soccer club that will be in Los Angeles. It's woman founded. Let's get this bread, ladies. (laughs) I love it. That was a great, great update there. Um, what is your hot take this week? I'm going to make my hot take quick because I'm so intrigued by your hot take. Um, I think that milk chocolate should be yeeted into the sun. Oh my God. That is a hot take. (laughs) I'm just like, there's just so much. I don't love it. It's too sweet. And I really don't, I don't care for like white chocolate. It's too sweet. And I love desserts. Like if I could only eat desserts, I would. And milk chocolate's just too sweet. Sure. I mean, I love milk chocolate. I don't know. I think the dark chocolate's just too bitter. But I also put, mm. like, if I make – I so I use, like, uh, glass pine glasses for making my iced coffee. And yeah. I put, like, three tablespoons of sugar in it. So <laughs> if that tells oh. you anything, definitely like milk chocolate. Um, but I think that people will definitely think that's a hot take. So that was yeah, that's a good it. one. But look, tell me about yours, because I am ready. So I don't think you're going to really like it, but um, no. the new Taylor Swift album came out. It's called Folklore. I'm sure everyone has heard of it, listened to it. Um, I listen, I've listened to the whole thing several times, and there's only one song that I like, just love, and all of the others, I'm very... Like, this is good, but... Not, like, listen to it on repeat ten times good. Um, But it seems like everyone just loves it as an album, not just, like, a couple of songs. So um, I guess that's that's probably a very hot take because people just seem to be obsessed with it. I've been listening to it on repeat since Friday. Yeah, I don't know. It kind of reminds me of Lana Del Rey. Oh, don't. Don't put Taylor oh. with. <laughs> like, just, there were some songs where I was like, this sounds like a Lana Del Rey song. Um, I get that. But I, which is funny because I like a decent amount of Lana Del Rey songs. Um, but I don't know. It just didn't, didn't do it for you. That being said, I have listened to Exile probably like 200 times. That's her song with Bonnie Fair. So good. Yes. It's very good. Um, your hot take is hot. 
people think that this is the best album of Taylor Swift's career. I know, career. I know. And I, there are so many others that I like way better as an album. Like, there, there are so many Ooh. other albums of hers where I like, like, I don't know, five you to like seven to songs, maybe? Okay. Like, a yeah. decent portion of the album. And yes, I don't know. So, but maybe that just means that I like uh, cookie cutter music. I don't know. <laughs> Because this I mean, is like the least cookie cutter album that she's done. Yes, but it's also not like she did something that was just drastically different than what people will listen to. Like this will be this is the kind of music that they'll play at a dive bar, which is my favorite. So I'm like, yes, let's mm. go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas her other albums, like people like play it at all kinds of places. So um I I will be interested to see moving forward if people still feel as strongly if they're like, yeah, this is her best album, but like we don't listen to it as much. Like, I don't know. But you that's a hot take that you <laughs> are about it. Like everyone loves this album. <laughs> um, whoops. Um, what wine were you having this week while you have enjoyed the new Taylor Swift album? I've been lying on my floor crying. I've been <laughs> drinking. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Please don't what, come check. I'm, what, I'm doing uh, fine. What wine pairs well with an emotional breakdown while listening to Taylor Swift? <laughs> Not the wine I picked. Oh. Like, things are good. Okay, but good. this wine is so good. It's very, it, it just goes well with it being summer. Like after last week when we both had rosés, I went to the store and got another rosé. <laughs> um, it is a Gerard Bertrand Gris Blanc. Oh my goodness, and your your accent there was incredible. Merci. <laughs> I took a couple years of French, can't speak any of it. <laughs> but wine, I get that. It was it's really good. Um, I think you'd like it. It's kind of dry mm-hmm. and it's a little fruity. Like it's not really sweet at all, but it's very refreshing and crisp. Well, I had talked about their rose at one point, I remember. Um it's like a really pretty bottle with like kind of it's like a glass stopper, um, but it's the same same winery. Um, so Ooh. I would not be surprised if I um, enjoyed this one. I'll have to look out. Yeah, I've never seen it before. It like is with the rosé. It's not like a rosé rosé, but like it is with the rosés. Sure. It's like more clear, but it looked different, and so it sounded fine, and it huh. is pretty good. Oh, the bottle is really pretty. I just looked it up. Good, yeah. Um, nice. <laughs> definitely should be on your your next rosé run. Yeah, <laughs> it will be. <laughs> what are you drinking this week? Well, I was at Trader Joe's the other day, and um, I had seen this recipe for coconut shrimp tacos. Super easy. Um, doesn't require, like, any time to cook. Basically, you buy their frozen coconut uh, shrimp and... Uh, you know, put those in the oven and that's like your, your filling. And then the rest is just, you know, kind of topping stuff. Um, there's a cabbage slaw with their green goddess dressing, which I really recommend, um, combining. So I was like, what would go well with coconut shrimp tacos? Um, so I actually got a beer and, um, I just got a couple cans at Trader Joe's. You can do their little mix and match four packs, six packs, whatever. Um, so I got the Lone Tree Brewing Company's Peach Pale Ale. Um, and with the tacos, I had Trader Joe's like Island Salsa, I think is what it's called. 
it's called. Um, so it has like mango, pineapple, and um, jalapenos. And the two paired excellently. Um, I'm not a big beer person, but this is like 6% alcohol. So it's not like a super strong beer by any means. Um, it's a pale ale, which is good. And then like the added fruit flavor. So it wasn't like sweet by any means, but, um, just the kind of beer that is up my alley if I'm going to have one. So, um, that's my recommendation this week. I like that. I like that you branched out. I love that you went to Trader Joe's and did the whole thing and made a meal, like a full meal from things at Trader Joe's. Yeah, I, I mean that. that. I've been bad about just hodgepodging things together and um so it was it was it was a good meal um personal plugs this week what do you have i have the tailgate society as per huge listen to bitter units they just chatted about i'm gonna botch this (laughs) (laughs) jolly ipa very fun uh matinee baseball very fun and then culture check still talking about black performances probably will be doing that for the foreseeable future because we just keep finding very good black performances which you love to see and then um check out the tailgate society content we just put out two different articles about the ncaa football returning so tammy dooley and levi denny just share two very different perspectives and it just um it's good to just like read both of them just to kind of see where people are at and people being like respectful about it. Like I know that plenty of people like to shout into the internet (laughs) and it's, it's not like that. So um, it's really great. And then if you want to be one of these people writing articles, making a podcast, making graphics, you want to be involved, uh, hit us up. We will happily have you join our band of merry humans (laughs) at the tailgate society. So yeah. Shoot us a note. Um, do you have any personal plugs? Um, well, didn't you guys do an episode of Culture Check on um, Creed? Is that out yet? It is out. It came out on Monday. Oh, that was yesterday. <laughs> okay. Well, go listen to that. Um, just, you know, it's a great movie. I don't I know anyone who doesn't like that movie. So um, they will break it down for you. Perfect um, movie. Analyze it. So um, that's really all I have. But um, for those of you who are on TikTok, um, no, please do not tell me about how terrible TikTok is with its privacy. I have made my choice and (laughs) (laughs) I'm not changing my mind unless I receive new information. Um, I mean, all those social media apps like are using your data. So I'm like, whatever. I don't have anything to hide. I really don't care. I just want to see baby animals. Um, so I found a great account on TikTok. Um, that's just a bunch of baby ducklings doing different things. Um, it's called (laughs) Duncan ducks. So it's spelled Duncan, like Duncan donuts dot ducks, um, is their TikTok username. Uh, if you want something cute and need to smile, just go watch a bunch of their little baby duck videos they are so cute um <laughs> it's great for your mental health you love to see it um but yeah that's all i got all right well then bigger than sports we have very happy moments this week do you want to talk about seattle 
Yes. So um, as you all know, Seattle has chosen their NHL team name. It's public. They're officially the Seattle Kraken. Kraken? That's on. Yep. Right? Kraken. Okay. It just sounds, when I'm saying it, it just sounds wrong. Um, So their branding reveal, I think, was a big success. Um, Very cool looking. Yes. Amazing graphics. Shout out to their um, employees who I'm sure have been working long and hard on this for months, maybe longer. Um, Great reveal. So um, 100% of the sales from the Kraken merchandise that they're selling on their team website will go towards ending homelessness and creating opportunities for uh, youth of color. So there's a nonprofit called Youth Care um, that they're partnering with uh, that will address the youth homeless, homelessness issue in the greater Seattle area. Um, if you don't live in Seattle or you haven't spent any extended time there, homelessness is a huge um, economic issue there, and it extends to, you know, teenagers the youths, children. Um, so I just think this is a really great partnership and a hundred percent of proceeds. Like that's crazy. No one does that. So, um, shout out to them. That's amazing. Get yourself some cracking gear. It looks pretty cool. It looks so cool. They're (laughs) one of my friends who works for the university of North Dakota. She was like, they're my third favorite hockey team now because of their, Merchant, like yeah their branding she's like yeah. it's just so cool and it is like even if you're not a hockey fan check mm-hmm. out the kraken like social media networks like it is just so good and they have partnered with kraken like i think kraken rum is one of their sponsors yes it is which is like very wise like they're they're gonna be able to do so much with this i know people are hating on the kraken branding i don't really care about your hating imagine starting every single match being like release the kraken yeah oh I mean, my god like if you haven't been to an nhl game go once it's safe again and allowed um because even if you don't like hockey just the theatrics of it all i think like are just really well done um it's just a very intense environment it's super fun um even if you're not a fan of the sport so I just cannot wait to eventually go to one of their games and just see what they do with that. Uh, it's going to be great when the players take the ice um, to some sort of release the Kraken thing, I'm sure. Um, and for those of you who don't know, uh, Jerry Bruckheimer, who is the like head honcho of the whole Pirates of the Caribbean series, um, is the owner of the team. So there's a tie in there as well, which is kind of cool. I think, um, not only like Seattle's, you know, history, water, all that stuff, but then him being the owner, it's just kind of a cool, cool combo. Very unique. I'm glad that it's not like a generic name. Um, like I saw a funny tweet about, um, like they're literally baseball teams named after socks. (laughs) Yep. <laughs> so I'm glad it's not along those lines or like FC. I know that's a big thing in soccer and it's just, you know, how things have always been done, but, um, here for the creative names, love it. Um, yes. and then just one more quick little bigger than sports thing. There's a really cute video of Jason Tatum, um, reading to his son over FaceTime. So he brought some of his son's books little kid books into the bubble uh so that they could do story time together on facetime the video is so cute 
It's so wholesome and good. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, ending with positivity and good things. Good vibes only. Cute stuff. Positive stuff. Feel good stuff. Um, So, I hope this um, starts the later half of your week off well and that you get to check out some great games this weekend. Thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you all later. Emily and Emily, sports and courts.